I was with my friend Kelsey. I was going to school in California for a performing arts degree. And we had just driven home from something. It was either school or getting a meal or something. I don't remember, but we were sitting in her car in um, my apartment complex, like driveway. And we were just chatting before we left. And all of a sudden, like we both felt the energy shift, like, which again, I'm familiar with, but she had never experienced it at that time. So we both felt it and we just like looked at each other and we, she looked in her rear view mirror and she said she saw someone, but I don't know. I, I didn't see that because I didn't have access to a mirror. I just was like, Ugh. and all of the door handles started going crazy. Like they were trying to open and no one was in our doors. Um, so like she started screaming, I think before they started, like she looked into her rear view mirror and she was, she was like, I need to lock the doors. So she locked them and that's when they started going insane. But all of them did. It wasn't just one. It was all four doors. The handles were lifting. And she started screaming and she like put her car in reverse and we sped out of there. And then she started crying and I was like, it's okay. It's okay. Like and we called her dad. <laughs> we were 19, you know, 20. <laughs> uh, and that was another entity where I was like, this feels very negative to me. Like this feels like it bad juju <laughs> like don't want to be here so this is jen and jen has the worst luck with dorm rooms we'll hear more about that later and we'll hear from a familiar voice you see this is another one of our theme episodes instead of visiting a specific place we're going to hear stories that share a theme i'm dory peacock and this is the ghost box Our theme for this episode is haunted schools. Two of the schools I went to were haunted. The first was my high school, which you heard about from my sister in the last episode. The second will have to wait for another time. For now, let's hear more from Jen. Jen's first story happened when she was a freshman in high school. So, I believe... I believe I was 15. I think it was my... It's my second year of EFYs. I think you can go 14, which for those of you who don't know, EFY is kind of like a Mormon camp. It's where uh, you go and you have a lot of spiritual talks and enlightenment and you meet other people who um, are of the same faith and it's just like a giant party. A little more context about EFY here. EFY stands for Especially for Youth. It's sort of a camp for teen members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or as you've heard them called, Mormon kids. I never went to one of these EFYs, but my sisters did, and according to them, Jen's description is pretty apt. EFY camps are hosted by LDS student associations at different universities. When I was in high school, almost every four-year university in Utah had an EFY camp they ran every summer. The one Jen attended was the original EFY hosted by Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. And so I go anticipating this like great experience, which it always is. Like I went every year. It was so great. Um, 
but I was still kind of at that age where I was a little hesitant to not be at home. And so camps were kind of hard for me. Um, and I requested, this is so embarrassing. I requested to sleep with a nightlight, but they wouldn't let me sleep with the light, nightlight. Yeah. <laughs> they said that like, in order for the counselors to go off, like to go to bed, all of the lights had to be off. There can be any lights coming through the windows. So I was already probably a little scared, um, but it was late, probably midweek, probably Wednesday. Um, and I had just gotten done reading my scriptures and I um, turned my light out and I kind of like laid in bed and I got really uneasy feeling. And that's how like all of my stories start with this uneasy feeling. And I've always been very sensitive um, to everything like spirits, other people's emotions. I'm just like incredibly, incredibly sensitive and intuitive. I don't know why. Um, and I am also like really, really blind. Like without my glasses, I cannot see anything. And so I opened my eyes and I have my covers up here and kind of like peeked out from under my covers and I looked around the room and I saw something up like in the ceiling area. It was just like a gray, fog like it was opaque enough that i could see a difference between like that there was something there and i was like i must just be seeing things right like i don't have my glasses on like i, I could see but i was like oh i must just like sometimes shadows will play, play tricks on you when you're not wearing your glasses i'm sure you've experienced that but <laughs> and and so i got i just was like oh it's nothing it's nothing and i tried to sleep it off a little bit more and i looked again and this time it had gotten closer like it looked like someone had put something through the vents that was dark and it was like moving towards my my bed and it didn't have shape it was just like a big cloud of fog gray dark and uh that's when i like reached down and i grabbed my glasses and i put them on and i'm like and i could distinctly tell that it was like a cloud at that point and so then i like threw the blanket over my head and I'm sitting there and at that point I'm like praying. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. God, if you're here, please help me. Please help me. Please make it go away. And it like, I pray for what felt like forever. And finally I mustered up the courage to stick my head over again. And this time it was at the foot of my bed and it was more of in a shape. It was more of like a head with shoulders, but there was no distinct distinction with arms or legs or anything and it had red eyes but they weren't like our eyes it was just like like you know when you go into like a haunted house and the things have like the red beady lights like that's what it looked like it was just two like lights that were red and I was like, ah! <laughs> so I, like start crying and I have it over I put the blanket back over my head because I'm frozen. Like, how do you tell your roommate there's there's a freaking like demon or something in your room? I have no idea. I didn't know what to say. I couldn't go out to get my counselor. I didn't want to move. I was frozen. And then I felt, I actually felt it put its weight on my bed and I felt it's like, I didn't see this, but I felt the hands climbing up my legs, like each one, like it was pulling itself. And then it just went away. Yeah. And so I like hardly slept that night. I cried so much. And the next day, like, I 100% believe that like a negative 
entity or a spirit like attached itself to me because the rest of my week was filled with horrible, horrible thoughts that I had never thought before in my life. I mean, I was a 15 year old girl, like horrible things about death and worthlessness. And um, I literally felt like I was suffocating. And I told my EFY counselor and I asked if I could get a blessing and they were like, no, that's not allowed. We're not allowed to give blessings. And I was like, oh, okay. I just remember crying in the hallway at Helaman Halls at BYU. <laughs> just like, and I was like, I think the devil's trying to get me. And I'm sure my counselor was like, I have no idea how to deal with this 15 year old. Like, they don't, they don't prepare you for that. <laughs> you know? no. so, uh, so I just waited it out. And I got home and I told my mom, and my mom is very spiritual as well. She is Hispanic and it's very big in that culture to be very, you know, um, intuitive. And so they gave me a blessing, but I wasn't, I wasn't okay for a long time after that. Like, I don't know when it separated from me, but it eventually did, but it was like attached to me. Like I felt, I, I felt the heaviness on my on my spirit almost like it was it was insane and I don't know how they met how it manifested itself like or what I mean it's the only truly like negative energy that I've ever felt but it stayed with me for a long time but it's it's not a story that I share with a lot of people not because I don't want to it's just I don't want to scare people So Jen grows up, graduates from high school, and enrolls at Utah State University in Logan, Utah. She lives on campus in what USU students call the county dorms, because each hall in the dorm complex is named after a different county in Utah. I was, I was at Utah State, which I lived in Morgan Hall, which is directly across from a cemetery. And so there were always stories about ghosts and stuff, and you're like, oh, that's cool, whatever. Um, and the entire year that I had lived there, this happened at the end of my second semester. So the entire year that I had been there, I had always felt like someone was there. Like someone's watching me, uh, someone's in the room with me. I never really talked about it because I, A, I didn't want to think about it if it was real. <laughs> and B, I didn't want my to scare my roommates, and C, I didn't want them to think that I was crazy. But then one day it did come up in conversation, and all of my roommates felt the same way too. They're like, yes, I felt that. I felt like someone was watching me, like how it is in a horror movie, and you can't describe it because like, you know you're in your room alone. But I don't know, it's so weird. So we had actually just discussed it like the week before or something. And we were hanging out, how Morgan Hall is designed is there's um, a living area and then four separate apartments with like a kitchen and the bedrooms. So we were out in the living, or the kind of foyer living room area, um, just hanging out with all of our um, neighbors. And I was in my regular clothes and I was like, I'm gonna go get my jammies. <laughs> and they're like, okay. so. I got up and the minute I walked through our apartment door to go into our apartment, my like I felt the energy. It was like walking into it. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but when you have a different energy field, like your body reacts. So you get chills, your hair stands up on 
the hair on your arm stand up like and I knew I was like okay something's here so I just like run to my room as fast as I can and I'm like changing and at UVU how our our beds were set up is like if this is the room these are our beds and they're facing that way and then there is a desk right next to it so at the foot of the bed so I'm changing as fast as I can because I can feel it and I leave I actually leave the room and I realize that I don't have my phone I had left it on my bed so I went and I reached for my phone and on my bed was an upside like an upside down CD so it was the reflective part and I could see a girl standing like in the middle of my desk and she was just looking at me Did you like look over at the desk to see if there was anyone there? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> but there couldn't have been because no one could have been standing in the middle of the desk, you know? Like she was standing on top of the top of the desk? No, like she was, like the desk was like impaling her. So she was. Oh, in the of the desk. Yeah. oh, like Harry Potter ghost style. Like, yeah, yeah. I knew that no one could have actually been there because of her height and where she was. She wasn't mean, she wasn't like, she was just looking at me. And so I grabbed my phone and I ran. I ran so fast and I was, I was crying because it's just so startling. Like it, it really is like a movie, like you don't expect it. You don't know when they're gonna show up. And my roommates did not believe me for a long time because they're like, what happened, what happened? I mean, I was out there crying. It's like, I can't tell you because I did not want to scare them. And it wasn't until like 10 years afterwards when I saw them again. And they're like, we thought you were just making it up. And I was like, no, I really saw a ghost. This is what happened. And they couldn't believe it. But I didn't want to tell them at the time because I didn't want to scare them. <laughs> but it was so scary. Yeah, she was blonde, Caucasian, and just, just nice. She was just nice. Just hanging out. No bad vibes, just like a weird kid. Yeah, she was like 12 maybe, you know, 11 or 12 sitting there looking at me and like our eyes met on the seat like on the CD reflection and I was like <laughs> I should have known that I was gonna see something like I had gotten enough I had had enough experience to understand that feeling but I was just like I want to get out of here I don't want to be here and so yeah, but she she never bothered us again and the feelings of like watching stopped and maybe she just needed to manifest herself to someone Coincidentally, when I was interning at the Old Lyric, I also stayed in the county dorms. But I never saw a ghost. Maybe because I wasn't in Morgan Hall, I was in Wasatch Hall, which as far as I know is only haunted by the spirit of 1970s industrial architecture. But now I've teased you enough. Let's hear more from my sister, Jaina. Around the time Jen was attending college and I was interning at a haunted theater, Jaina was working at a different kind of school. Jaina was a staff member at a residential treatment center, sort of a boarding school for teen girls with behavioral issues. This school wasn't haunted, or at least, she didn't think it was. At first. I'm working at a center that helps youth. And we have horses, um, like an equine program. So there's horses. We had gotten a couple of new girls, and they had started joking around about a ghost in the house. Mm -hmm. And it really did start as kind of a joke. Now, mind you, I had I had 
I had worked there for several years and never felt a thing at, at this point. And so I'm like, okay, this is some older girls trying to spook out or freak out some of the younger girls, you know. So I was like, we're just not going to give this a ton of attention. But it starts, like, getting bigger and bigger, and the folklore becomes bigger and bigger, you know. And um, anytime there's, like, a, a bump in the house or in a school or, you know, wherever, they blame it yeah. on they blame it on this, this ghost. Um, but I remember starting to get really uncomfortable with it. And what's strange is that the younger girls weren't so afraid anymore. Now it had become kind of more of a joke. But yet, the more people became not concerned about it, I felt myself getting way more concerned about it. And so where I should be more relieved, like, okay, they're not really, the older girls aren't really scaring the younger girls, like it's just an inside joke, you know what I mean? But what's odd is every time they joke about it, I remember getting more and more uncomfortable. And uh, um, I started noticing that there was a lot more bumps and thumps than usual. And at first I'm like, well, yeah, that's because our attention is now brought to it, right? Behaviorally speaking, if, if you're talking more about every bump being this way, then you're going to start hearing more bumps than you were hearing before, right? So at first I wasn't too, too concerned, but then I did start noticing um, a really, I don't know, more creepy feelings. And the most of the house was fine, but always, and this is before these girls came, before they started talking about this fake ghost. I remember the basement, I was really uncomfortable down there anyway. And in the basement, there was like a closet that we kept like a whole bunch of different things in, like extra products that the kids might need or, you know, cleaning supplies, stuff like that. And there was a, there was a crawl space in, in there. And so it had kind of like that, like a piece of wood that would go over the crawl space and it would kind of like hook it in, like link in, right? And, um, but I, I remember being really uncomfortable every time I had to go down there to get um, whatever is clothes, hygiene supplies, you know, pencils. Like whenever I had to go down there to get supplies, I remember feeling watched and feeling really uncomfortable. And it's like that feeling you get when you're a little kid and you just like want to get out, out of there as fast as you can. And then the girls also started complaining about the basement. And you got to understand this basement was hooked up. This basement was beautiful. It had like this huge uh, big screen TV. It had um, a foosball table and it had a big um, puzzle table where you could do puzzles like it was it was a nice area to like hang out and nobody ever wanted to hang out down there and the girls would just say like no I'm not going down there that's creepy like I'd rather stay upstairs and do my homework I'm like what in the world you know but I felt it too like that it, it there is some kind of creepy feeling down there and that was just kind of always the case but as the girls started talking more and more and more about this fake ghost the basement got creepier and creepier and I, I don't think that kids are good or bad. I don't think, I don't think like that at all, but I think that people bring energies with them and we have a whole bunch of people from all over the world, all over the country. And so I started wondering like, oh my gosh, like is something maybe like come with one of these kids? Is there like some presence or some, you know what I mean? That, that maybe wasn't even manifest until somebody starts talking about things constantly, you know? 
but I just kind of put that aside because I didn't want to really worry too much about that. And also, I don't want to be like, we don't want to be adults, like scaring kids that were really at first just trying to scare each other. And then we had one night and it was a weird night. I remember coming in on that shift at three and feeling off, feeling like there was something off. And sometimes you'd get that feeling like maybe maybe the kids had a bad, a bad morning or somebody wasn't able to follow instructions or, you know, something. But I remember feeling like it was a bit off. And um, most of the day went by okay. I just had an uneasy feeling. And then that night, me and one of the staff had to go down to the basement to check on some inventory. And we had to go down to that stupid basement. Now, now the house is quiet. Now it's dark. And um, she, the biggest like non-believer in anything paranormal at all, was like, I don't want to go down there. And I was like, yeah, me neither, but we got to get this done. Like, this is on our list. Like, we have to make sure to have, like, know what's inventory because they're going to go to the store and pick up new supplies. Like, we got to go and figure out what's down there. She's like, I know, but I really don't want to go down there. And I'm like, yeah, me neither. I hate, I hate it down there. It feels super uncomfortable. And she's like, okay, well, let's go. And so most, yeah, all the kids are, are asleep in their rooms uh, at this point. I think they usually go to bed around nine and we leave like at 11, 11, most I'd leave at like 1130. So that already mostly been going to bed or falling asleep. And me and my other staff go down to check out the inventory and we get down there and start working and we both get just the creepiest freaking feeling. And, um, we had talked about how bad we hated that little crawl space thing. But, you know, but it's shut. It has that wooden plank in front of it and it's shut. And so no big deal. And as we go to, as we go to do something, I don't know if we were quite leaving yet, but the plank of wood comes off like it falls, but it shouldn't fall. That's what's crazy is how it's how it's latched in it can't just slide off you know what i mean yeah it's not like precariously perched no no and so it falls off and instead of picking it up like grown adults we both run we don't lock the door we just book it and we start running up the stairs and like this is like a save yourself situation where I'm like crawling up her. She's like half of my size. Like it was just like, I will throw you to the wolves. And we were like running up the stairs. And then we get up the stairs and we're like, Hey, well, we didn't lock that closet. It's supposed to stay locked. Like we need to go back down and lock that closet. And so we go back down there. And as we are, we lock the closet. Well, we put it up. We put the thing back on the crawl space. And which took like most of the nerve in our bodies left, you know, put that back on and we lock the door. And as we're walking up the stairs again, we hear it fall. And I was like, I am not going back to fix it. And she's like, me neither. And we just run up the stairs again. So we finally get up to the top of the stairs and then we go even farther to where the rest of our staff are. 
we tell them about what happened and half of them are like, yeah, it is freaky down there. And the other one's like, oh my gosh, you are like totally into these stories these girls have been telling, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not, but it is crazy. Like that was insane. And we were both kind of like, oh my gosh, what was that? Anyway, then one of the kids comes out of the room and says, you guys, are you taking care of this? And we're like, what are you talking about? And she's like, outside, look, like I can hear and I can see one of the horses has gotten out of the fence and it's running up and down the road and her bedroom faced the road, um, one of the roads. And we had a small frontage road, right? Like a little, I can't even call it a frontage road. It's just like a road for our property and for one of our neighbors. But then after that, another hundred feet or whatever is an actual highway. And so I was like, wait, it's on the highway. She's like, no, just on the road in front of, in front of the house, there is a horse out. Like, do you need me to come and help you get it? Well, this girl was excellent. She had worked with horses long before she had come uh, to our program. And many other times where horses had gotten loose, she would come and help us like wrangle them back in again. And so we had a corral full of horses, but they had like an electric like a little small electric charge around them, like a little, you know, wire. And so most horses wouldn't escape out of there. Um, but I think every once in a while it had happened. But across the street, our little street, there was another small pasture where sometimes we would keep a couple more horses. And that one did not have uh, a wire. And so we just figured, okay, we know there is a crazy horse in there right now. It was a black horse. It was always nuts. It was always crazy. And so I can't remember if she said it or that was just the assumption that that horse had gotten out. So I was like, oh, wonderful. Like, can this night end already? So me and the same staff that was with me in the basement and this kid go out to see if we can get this horse. And it is dark. It is dark. I remember being it so dark out there. First of all, we didn't have firehouse. Um, we didn't have any lights. I think later one got put up, but yeah, there was the lights like spotlight from our garage, like security spotlights from our garage, but they weren't, or floodlights, but they weren't pointing the same location as this road. And it was a super dark night. I remember like there's no moon, it's super dark. We're out here in the middle of nowhere. It was super rural and I could not see this road even very good. And so partially like thinking about it, I think partially because you got these floodlights behind you. And so then even like looking forward, like they're behind you, but face the wrong way. And so then even looking forward is super dark see a thing but we could we could hear the hoofbeats of this stupid horse that we hate running down the road and the road that was in front of our house was gravel so it wasn't tar paved it wasn't it wasn't like the highway and so you could hear it in that gravel like you could hear the horse beats but you could hear like the crunch of the gravel as it's going down this road and this road went down for quite a while probably like three blocks and so we're like, oh my gosh, we are going to have to chase this thing clear down there. But we also don't want to run too fast because this gravel road can also, even if it doesn't come our way, it's like a loop. It can get onto the high or the highway. And we're trying to make sure we do everything we can to 
not let this horse get on the highway because if somebody hits a horse, it's going to kill him, right? The the people in the car and the horse. So we're, um, I had called my supervisors and they've worked with horses for a long time too. So I had called them, told them what was going on. They didn't live that far away. They said that as soon as they could take off, they would be there to help us get this horse back in. They were super annoyed because one, it was late and two, you know, this, this horse is like a disaster of a horse. And so we're going down this road, trying to like and call for it and, you know, try to be calm and quiet, not try to spook it too much. And I can hear it, but I turned to like the girl, um, like the youth, and I was like, can you see? Like, can you see him? And she's like, no, every once in a while I can see like a flash. You know what I mean? Like see like a, a figure, like a flash of this horse move, but I can't see where he's at. And then every once in a while you'd hear him more kind of off in the dirt and we're like, okay, okay, let's go down there. It's a little bit, he's off, he's he's not going the direction of the road, like, or of the highway, like let's go see if we can get him into that other field even. Like, so we're heading down there and we still can't see him. And at the time I just kept chalking it up to how dark it was, right? Like, oh, it's so dark, all these yeah. lights are, you know, from behind, the way that they're tilted, like I can't see out here good enough. like. It's a black horse anyway, right? So it's super hard to see, dark night and a black horse. And so I just kept being like, oh, that's why, but. And so um, I get a call on the cell phone that the supervisors were on their way. They had, they were at somewhere else beforehand. That's why they couldn't get away, but now they were on their way. So I remember being like, okay, well, let's go. Let's start walking back to the house. And maybe by the time that we get there, um, within a few minutes, the supervisors will come. They're even better with horses than we are, and they can help us. And so we all decided that that would be best. So we're down this road, a good two or three blocks, still can't find this horse. We can hear him. We can hear him sometimes even like in the grass or on the dirt. And then of course on the gravel, we're just walking up and down kind of this road. And, um, and it, it was just a weird, weird night. The weirdest part is like you would hear it get close to you, even at different times, even when we were just on the road. It, there was like, I don't know, there was like times on the road where you could hear it doing that. And and the horse that I hated, the one that's apparently over there in that corral, it would, it would like do this like charge thing and then back off and like charge and then back off. Like he was a super temperamental jerk of a horse. And, and uh, I... I felt like it was, I felt like it was that kind of a, a thing, like it would sometimes like run closer to you and then like run off or, you know, like play with you that way or, you know, and, and, and there was one time where I felt like it ran straight past us when we were on that road, but we couldn't see anything. So then I'm like, okay, well, let's just pretend like that didn't happen and we'll keep, keep trying to find this horse and like, but we're like, okay, let's start heading back so that when they get here, we'll, we'll be there to talk to them. So we start heading back and then we start hearing the hoof prints or her hoofbeats. And at first they just start out kind of slow, like walking, which we've been hearing, right? But then they start sound like, you know, trotting. And then all of a sudden it sounds like, okay, he's going fast. And we can tell it's on the same road that we're walking back on. So we're like, this horse is coming up behind us. 
and it gets louder and louder and faster and faster and faster. And it was so crazy because I was like, we start walking quicker. And finally it feels like this horse, it's still a little ways off, you know, like half a block off, but it feels like it's charging us. And so we're walking quicker and quicker and, you know, um, we're looking back over our shoulder, but it's still dark and we can't see where this horse is at. And so we're both, we're all turned, keep walking and it's going fast and we're starting to go faster. And we turn around and all of a sudden this horse, it, I can't even explain. He was right behind us. I just hear like the like really fast, like And as we go to like, just kind of duck or like, we drop, we just drop. And for this horse to jump over us is what, is what it felt like. And I cover the girl and my staff jumps clear off the side of the road. And we look in front of us to see where this horse has landed. And there is no horse. Like you never heard it land either? No. So, but I mean, you could feel it. You could feel it right behind you, charging us. And, and it was so hard because you keep like looking over your shoulder and you still can't see anything. I couldn't even see the horse. And then all of a sudden it's so close behind you that you feel like it's going to jump over you. That's the feeling that I had. And so me and that girl just duck and, and it's not there. There's nothing there. There is nothing there. And all the way back to the house, you didn't hear any more hoofprints? No. And we get up and we're walking the house. We're really close by the house now. And a few seconds later, the supervisors pull up and they're like, all right, what's going on? And we're like shocked, right? And we're like, we don't know. And they're like, well, where's the horse? And we're like, we don't know. Like, how do you explain to like your bosses that there is no horse, that a fake imaginary or ghost horse just jumped over you? Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how you explain that to somebody. And the girl, the youth is like, it was just here. It just chased us. Like, and, and I'm like, and they are looking at me like, is this girl lying? And I'm like, what do I do? Like, what do I say? And so I'm just like, uh, listen, we heard it on the road and we could, we could hear it. <laughs> and I'm just like mumbling my way through. Like she saw it from her bedroom that it was loose and, and it, we could hear it. We came down to check it out, make sure. And we could hear it on the road and I'm just like stumbling and they're like, okay, okay. It looks like it's been a long night for everyone. Like, why don't you guys go and get this girl back up into her bed? And, and she's like, wait, but there's like, there's something wrong, you know? And, and I was like, uh, <laughs> let's go to bed, sweetie. Like <laughs> nothing to see here. Move along. Like I, I was like, oh my gosh. So get her back upstairs and I'm with the other staff and me and me and the staff that was with me before are like, oh my gosh, the weirdest thing just happened. Like felt like we just got charged by something and nothing is there. Like, 
And they're like, oh man, your guys' mind is really playing with you tonight. And I'm like, it's not, it's not, it was so real. And it was like three of us, right? Like it'd be different if I was out there alone, like imagining crap, but. So that was so strange. And then later on, they like, the bosses come in and they're like, listen, like, it must've been somebody else's horse that got loose because we counted all, we've gone through the corral, we've counted all of ours, they're there. We went across the street. The three that are in there are still in there. And I'm like, that black horse is still in there? And they're like, yeah, like, they're all in there. There's three of them in there. And then the other, however many, 16 and I don't remember how many there were, 15, 16. And the other one, they're, they're all of our horses that are accounted for. So um, we'll kill the sheriff to, like, put out an alert, you know, just for people to watch for an animal across that highway because it's kind of a dark highway. But... It must be somebody else's horse, it's not ours. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry to like bring you out here then. And they're like, no, you know, it's better to be careful than, than not. And they have no idea what a lunatic I felt like, you know? And I was like, okay, well, cool. And they're like, yeah, well, we're gonna take back off. But yeah, I think you guys are good. And I'm like, I'm not good. <laughs> this was not good. What's interesting though, is we, <laughs> After that, me and the staff that was with me, uh, we were we were both supervisors at the time, but we just had randomly gotten on the same shift because um, they needed an extra person, right? And so um, me and her decided that we were gonna make a house rule where we don't talk about ghosts anymore. And we just blamed it on like the younger kids, like we don't, or getting new kids, like we don't want to scare people. That's not a kind thing to do. It's not a good social skill. So we're not going to talk like this anymore, you know. And we just made it like a house rule not to talk about this stuff anymore. But after that, I worked there for another like whatever, three, four years, three years. And, and never one thing ever again. You know, it, it's hard because I'm sure some of your listeners will laugh at me but you don't know who's messing with what even as a joke right so and some of these kids would talk about that like oh yeah like we had this seance and da 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 and so i'm like you don't you don't know you never know for sure like it could there be something hooked to a person that that maybe they're not even aware of right yeah i don't know or is there is there some energy that's already there in this small rural town where if you talk about something enough and talk about it enough and give it enough attention that it grows? I don't know. Before I signed off with Jen, she asked if she could share a message with all of you. Um, just if you are experiencing any paranormal activity in your life, don't be afraid to find it. Reach out to someone. There are lots of people who are very supportive and understanding and a lot of people who want to hear the stories, AKA Dory. So, yes. yeah, come so, find me. <laughs> you don't need to feel like you need to hide or that you're weird or anything because you're not. It's just something that some of us have. Schools seem to be like theaters in that they draw haunting, they draw energy and who knows why. Maybe, like Jaina said, it's the attention we give to the mysterious and the paranormal. Maybe some kids just see things like Jen and Jaina. We'll never really know. But it will always be fun to sit around and tell a ghost story. And if you're going to tell a ghost story, please 
Tell it to me. Thank you for listening. The Ghost Box Podcast is written, produced, performed, and all the things by me, Dory Peacock, with help and distraction from our four-legged production assistant, George Moosington Adams Esquire, because of course my cat is a lawyer. I want to thank our guests for this episode, Jen and Jaina, for sharing their stories with us. And if any of you have a story you'd like to share, you can email it to us at theghostboxpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at theghostboxpod. And if you have any stories, maybe slide into our DMs on one of those platforms. We also now have a Ghostbox Podcast Paranormal Hotline. If you'd like to share a story with us, and maybe it's a little too complicated to write... You can call 801-410-4315. That's 801-410-4315. And leave a short description of your encounter on our voicemail. If we think it's something that would be good for the show, we'll get back to you. If you like this episode, please rate and review on iTunes. It helps people find the show. If you didn't like this episode, you need to ask yourself some questions, man. Some real hard questions. Thank you again for listening. Stay spooky, everybody. I think we got... I'm going to have to do that again. I think I got a meow on there. There's so many sounds. Is it better? Is it better if I'm down... I think this is, I think that's about the best it gets. Unless, do I, is it better if I talk right up here? I'm tss, 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 t